Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Life is handing us things that are, whoa, 
you feel like I, I just can barely get through. I'm hanging on. I don't know if I can get grateful. Well, here's my favorite question to offer all of us as a way to find our way through into the realm of gratitude, which just feels so good. It really just shifts things. And that's who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing or what you've been doing. And then suddenly just notice what arises. Maybe there's one person or five or ten or hundreds, maybe thousands of people who helped make your breakfast today, right? Harvesting that food, growing that food, cooking it, storing it. The people who made the refrigerator that you put your food in. You know, on and on. There's always a way for us to access our gratitude. So find your way into your own gratitude list. I'm going to go down our list here at Marian Life. Uh, we have an honorary sponsor at the global level, the One World Children's Fund.org, if you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. We love the One World Children's Fund, and we hope that you take time to check them out and, and follow all of the um, programs they have available. And the, at the national level, the uh, National Action Organization is the uh, sponsor of this program in particular for the last decade. 100% of their proceeds goes to programs just like this. They're committed to changing the way our culture values women and each other. Check them out online, naction.org. And at the local level here in California, the Open Secret Bookstore has been a, a sponsor of ours for about a decade as well. Uh, if you like books, I mean you're tuning in because you like information, but if you like to actually open the book, touch the book like Crystal's book today, my brother was just, our family has arrived for the holidays, and he would say, God, this book reminds me of sixth grade. Do you know that smell? <laughs> There's kind of a, a wonderful way that we are in relationship to, oh, there's that beep again, everybody. Yeah, we're getting a, we're getting a hit from the, the other side. I don't know what that is, the, the realm of electronics, but bear with me here. Um, feeling your gratitude and your breath uh, until this, this beep goes away. Um, the books are part of how we've organized here at Mary Ann Live, and uh, for a decade we interview authors and human potential readers. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, we're so grateful. So grateful. Um, so let me tell you, as we turn our attention, um, is um, a way for us to cultivate our emotional intelligence, really, by um, finding a way to actually get grounded amidst things like what's happening right now, this, this beeping sound, that, which, please, I apologize. I have no idea why this is happening. Um, Give me one second here, and let's see if I can attend to this. This is a live show. Almost never happens. All right. Just going to have to take a breath here. Everybody, join me with a breath and see if we can. Oh, we disappeared it. Yay. Okay. Happens in life. All right. So turning our attention, just stay with me here. Crystal Morissette's joining us this hour. She's written a book called The Emotional Edge, Discover Your Inner Age, Your and reroute misdirected fear to live your fullest. She's writ an amazing book for us to understand how certain archetypes, um, when she's going to explain these archetypal influences for us, how they affect the way we actually move through the world, uh, how to identify our archetypes, 
for example, uh, are you identified with the mother, the safe, selfless, protecting, nurturing part of yourself, the daughter archetype, the coy, cute, dramatic, full of life, somewhat selfish part of ourselves, or a woman? Uh, do we have an archetype for the word woman? She's going to tell us about that. And if you feel like these definitions uh, could be keeping you emotionally stuck in some way, Crystal's going to help us find which emotional age we're operating from right now and heal the wounds that keep us triggered, afraid, and small. She's joining us this hour. We're going to talk all about uh, how this very this powerhouse, I, I would like to say, uh, Crystal's a powerhouse, uh, started life as a homeless teen uh, to competing in the Miss Galaxy pageant uh, from abs of steel to weighing 220 pounds. Crystal is now a best-selling author and joining us today to talk about uh, her new book. We're so glad you're here, Crystal. Thanks for being with us. Oh, it's great to be here. And I do want to let you know, I, I don't know if it's if you're having a little bit of trouble hearing my voice. I did hear that beeping, but I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing your voice. <laughs> the, the electronic gods are, are they're, they're trying to test us. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's yeah. a beeping back. Yeah, I don't know uh, what that is. Did you have that before? Have you ever had uh, that? I've had it once before. Ah, um, yeah, well, no we're going to do our best to try to see what we can do here, everybody. Just sit tight. Um, and, uh, we'll <laughs> live. Isn't that. live fabulous? Yeah. I, I, You know what? Marianne, live. I'm happy to be here live and go with the flow because this yeah, is what life is, right? It presents us with these, yeah, it presents us with opportunities to see, you know, how we handle them and how we react and how we really handle pressure. That's where we discover our emotional age. Yeah, you know that's the thing. Uh, it seems to be up for a lot of us. How how when we're moving through life, we get interrupted like this. Uh, it's crazy. Um, it's just crazy. I'm, I'm I'm even not able to focus. So let me see if we yeah. Can so get... this takes this takes intense, um, <laughs> and it's gone away. But yeah, it's, it is. You know, I have a. I have. It's funny that this is just happening right at the top of the hour. But I have a. I always sort of make jokes because I will say like when I'm doing an event or a retreat or a talk or just this, if I hear the smallest little noises, I can be so. I, I, I can, it's almost like an ADD where my brain keeps locking in on that. So this is like a real testament to the power of yeah, <laughs> our ability to focus and just blank that out, yes, you know, because sometimes well, in life you do have to blank out. You do have to. The reality is there's things that happen that come along that disrupt that you have to learn how to not focus on that and stay focused on the objective and what you're really here to do. So it was it's a great little lesson for us. Yeah, and you know what? That's what's so funny. I, for years I used to watch the news, live news, and think, God, what if something happens in real life? And uh, you know, w- you know, we've seen that, right? We, we yeah. think that, that it's not not going to happen, but. Just like in our own lives, we have these expectations about the roles, like you've written about, the roles we're supposed to play, and then life happens. And let's talk about that. That's a good place to maybe start, Crystal, because there you were, uh, indoctrinated, indoctrinated into the American dream just by virtue of being born in the United States. It's like, I'm born. Here I am. I've seen TV. We've got yeah, all Yeah, and I'm not even American. Right. So. Oh, yes, Canadian. I'm sorry. You're right. You're I'm Canadian, Canadian but You're that's okay. I love American. I, boy, I've been so involved. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, my school is in 30 countries, so we have a lot of American students, and I have tons of American friends, and uh, Americans have really transcended my life. I have three. I did three books with Hay House, Louise Hay. I did another book with Random House out of New York, so my agent is American, so I always say, oh, Americans matter so very, very much. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? The West, we'll call it the Western cultural dream at this point. How about yeah. that, right? Because yeah. it has spread. There's some sense that we have that we are um, going to have access to happily ever after, I'd like to say, right? And so we, we come along, and then we're met with what in your case? We're met with a family scenario that's kind of dramatic. Tell oh, it's terrible. Terrible. And, you know, I never told my story for the longest time. It probably wasn't until I was in my 40s that I finally realized that if I don't own this story, it's going to continue to own me. And I was incredibly successful. Uh, you know, I have a you know, a seven-figure uh, school company. We, you know, I've been able to travel the world and meet with the most incredible movers and shakers. And um, But, yeah, it came through a lot of trauma, and I realized at a certain point I needed to own that story so that I could... I could heal myself. I could talk about it without shaking or crying or wanting to throw up. And that that was, I always thought it was just so cathartic and healing for you yourself. But what I've learned is when you can really tell your story in a coherent way where you've done the work, that can be really powerful for someone else to see that you can be born in the muck or you can have things happen to you that you're just tossed in the muck. Um, but there is a way out of the muck. Yeah. For, for all of us. And when you think about the idea that, uh, I mean, people say there are those folks who sort of have these charm lives. I have met maybe a very small percentage, and I've met thousands of folks. I'm, I'm not sure that this isn't also a fantasy, right? I, and I'm, Marianne, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I'm really having a hard time hearing you. So yeah. I, I'm just trying to hear, what did you say was at the very beginning of this? Yeah, so I, I, and, and we're going to remedy this, folks, during the break. It'll be great. We're going to get a clean line and just hang there with us. So <laughs> what I was saying is, is that um, there's a fantasy, I think, or, or some idea that, that there are a group of people who've led a charmed life. Oh, right? yes, of course. And, and so few of us have. I mean, when you really get down to it, most I don't even people... think the charmed, I don't even think the charmed have had a charmed yeah. life. And, you know, you, there's, there's, there's just challenges to being a human being. Rich, poor, um, you know, uh, whatever we grow, there's just emotional challenges about being a human being. Whether you sleep on a silk pillow, I remember Oprah saying that way, way back, way, way, way back. Like I might have been, 17 or 18 at the time, and I remember her saying, when you're in pain and you're suffering, it doesn't matter if you're crying into a silk pillow or you're crying, you know, and don't get me wrong, we all know those that, that don't have food and don't have comfort and don't have, I mean, their burden is just so great, but, yeah, it's it's a it's the human condition, and even those of us that think we're charmed, because I feel charmed, I feel like in so many ways I have a charmed life, but... I have more trauma in amongst all that charm than most people. Yeah. But that's the duality of life, and, and that is the duality. I mean, that's the contrast that, you know, that's why all our great religious texts talk about why God gave us free will or the universe or whatever it is about our willing spirit is that, that that's, that's why we have duality. That's why God gave us free will because we have the ability to choose how we will show up and how we will see life and how we will see the world and how we will see ourselves. And I think that's what gives you that sense of, of joy and love and peace versus an income or a sexy body or a great marriage. All of those things are amazing, and don't we all want those things? But those things really don't actually give you that peace and joy and love that we think 
once we get there, then we'll be happy. But I don't yeah. think there really is charmed lives. Which, like, which that is, might sound depressing, but... Yeah. No, no, well, which is a great entree into the conversation of archetype. Archetype is, you know, Carl Jung actually sort of coined the phrase. He sort of brought this to the Western fore for us to understand these influences that are a priori, he called them. They affect everyone, essentially. And one of the beautiful things about your book is you introduce some of these archetypes that are predominant in the American culture and the Western culture uh, that really do affect us and how when we get identified with those archetypal influences, how we are, are not really living an authentic life. And so let's, let's talk about that, um, but let's do it in this way. We're going to go to break in just a minute. But you talked about you went back through some journals of yours when you were younger, and one of the themes you found, because this is what people do, they get in pain and they try to find why. Why am I in pain, right? So your portal was, what I, what I saw was, um, I want to feel empowered, Tell us about that, because that's what led you to sort of your journey of self-discovery, it sounded like. Yeah, well, you know, again, it's, to give you a little bit of a back version, you know, I grew up as a, a very intelligent, and I don't say that for any other reason except I was selected and put into a gifted program for three years. So as a little girl, I was, you know, considered a genius level, and so there were a group of kids, and we were all sent off to the school. So I always felt special when I was little. I, I thought I was so smart, and I got straight A pluses on my report cards. And I just read a lot and was very sheltered and stayed in my room a lot. And um, when my parents split up at 12, chaos, just chaos. So I always assumed I would be an empowered woman. I always assumed, you know, when I was little, my mother would say things like, I'm from Canada, so she would say, well, when you grow up and you're the prime minister of Canada. So empowerment was sort of um, just Talk to me as though that's who I am and what, you know, I know that you have a, a clearly, I can hear how brilliant you are and you have an understanding of just the human condition. And so thankfully my first years in life, I think I thought I'm special, I'm smart, I get things faster than most people and I'm going to have a good life. Then when my parents split up at 12, they literally, like everything that I thought was the way to be was thrown out the window and my father moved off with his girlfriend and my mother moved in her boyfriend and I was sexually abused uh, you know I was stranger raped at 14 I say that because abuse comes in different ways and affects in different ways at 15 I was sent off to live with a family that they were going to take care of me and I would be the nanny and I was raped every night in that home and finally I ran away so from from 15 to 18 I was homeless I mean I always found a place to sort of lay my head at night um, at 17 I found out I had the early stages of cervical cancer caused by the human and papavera virus, um, and I had to go through treatment for, it took probably two to three years to even treat that. It was, my, my cervix just would not uh, sort of stop turning against me, I guess you could say, the healing that needed to happen. At 21, I had a traumatic head injury where my head was smashed in and my face, and I lost nerve damage on the right side of my face. I started having seizures. I just had a lot of trauma. Um, and at 25, I thought, you know, I was, I got married at 21. At 25, I just thought, babies, 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 they'll love me. I'll love them back. I'll be good. And I never had a relationship with my family after that. It's through my whole teenage years, and I still haven't heard from my mother in probably 10 years, and she lives about an hour away. So it was a lot of trauma, just trauma after trauma after trauma. And I gave birth to these little girls, and I, I remember just looking down at my youngest. I was nursing her. She was about... Mm, it was February 23rd, 1997. I was crying. I was sobbing. I had this little two-year-old sleeping. I was about 220 pounds. I just thought, what the hell? 
And I, the next morning, got a journal. For the first time, I ever wrote my thoughts on paper. I was 26, 27 years old. And I said, I just want to be empowered. And who would know? <laughs> that, you know, five years later, I self-published my first book, Louise Hay saw me on the shopping channel, uh, and it's just been history. So you can turn your life around if you have the tools and the willingness and the commitment, and that's what I committed myself to, is healing myself, and it just transcended like a grassroots movement into this big movement, and now I'm in 30 countries empowering women all over the world. Yeah, beautiful, uh, wonderful story, so inspiring, everybody. We're going to get more with Crystal Morissette when we come back right after these messages. Don't touch that dial. We're going to find out what your emotional edge is when we get back right after these messages. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. is in the room right now. I don't know what's going on in our electronic world, but we've got a beautiful guest with you. Hopefully on your end you can hear us all. All right. Crystal Morissette is on Marion Live joining us today talking about her new book, The Emotional Edge. Discover your inner age, ignite your hidden strengths, and reroute misdirected fear to live your fullest. So, Crystal, uh, before the break you were telling us about your 
uh, sort of your growing up and the challenges that you faced and a, sort of an inordinate amount of trauma that you had to deal with. And then you were looking back through your life, through your journal, and you realized one of the things that you noticed um, time and again was this yearning to feel empowered. Tell us how finding that led you to uh, looking at archetypes as a way for us to address um, you know, our challenges or our history, et cetera. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I didn't move into archetype work again until, you know, my 40s. So, you know, my 20s, I, you know, I was really, I'd lost the weight. And so that I thought if I could just help all the heavy women in the world that are disconnected and living from the neck up and they could all get connected with their bodies and lose weight and feel good, I thought that was, that was what I was here to do. And then I realized that losing weight, it had nothing to do really with the weight. It was that this was the manifestation of an archetype. <laughs> so the archetype Chubby Bubby. Uh, I made up the archetype, the name Chubby Bubby, and really that was, I, I started looking at women. I'd worked with thousands of women, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a non-gender thing, and I realized that just, you know, you talked about Carl Jung, and, you know, a lot of the great thinkers had this idea, this concept that we have sort of this trinity or this triad to our personality. So Jung would have said, you know, we have the shadow and the ego, and then we have this collective unconscious that's archetypes and fairy tales and sort of this source energy, this thing that we all have this ability to tap into. And Freud talked about sort of the idea of the superego and the id and then sort of this healthy balance between the two of this ego that shows up in life. And I even thought about growing up um, in the church and, you know, I always talk about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so I, I've always sort of had this idea that there's sort of this trinity within each of us. And and I remember when I was, when I really, uh, I just launched the school, it was 2009, 2010, and I had staff that worked from all over the world. And I would say, you know, when you're on the phone or when you're doing a discovery session or when you're talking to a new potential student, I just really want you to show up up in your woman energy and nobody really got what I meant and they were like what? I've never heard this before what do you mean where are you getting this from I said well you know like it's sort of like we all have this mother inside of us that's very selfless and she will do phone calls in the middle of the night if somebody wants them she will work all day and all night she will forget about her own needs she forgets to exercise she sometimes forgets to eat she is the best employee in the world but that's not what I want you to be I want you to really be in your really show up like a woman for for these women so that we're leaders I, you know and then there's daughter energy Energy. That's what I called it back then. I didn't call it archetypes, and I didn't even think of archetypes. I said, would say, we've all met that woman, or we have it at time. You're talking a little baby voice. You're a little coy, cute, demanding, difficult. You know there's the great life out there. You're not sure how to get it, but you want it. You'll be uh, dramatic. You'll be sexy. You'll be a charmer. You'll be a rebellious teenager. You just show up in sort of this selfish version of you. And I said, and I think we all have all of these three, and I really want you to choose to show up like a woman. And what does it mean to be a woman? And back then, this was like a good seven, eight years ago, everybody was sort of saying, wow, we don't have, I said, oh my God, I got to look into all the archetypes. Carl Jung had what, the dangerous old woman. Um, You know, Clarissa Pinkola Estes talks about, you know, the wise old woman. But it was like, what about the wise 20-year-old woman, the wise 30-year-old woman? What about the empowered woman? What does it mean to be a woman? And and that's where I'd be, my quest began that sort of there has to be this healing. I almost think of your mother and your daughter energy, Marianne, as, as the ego and the shadow. 
sort of one of us choose one or the other. It's like we either choose a dominant archetype to show up. Most, very few of us show up in woman energy or that parent archetype, or that rather that adult archetype. Most of us sort of have chosen, and men too. We sort of choose like, do I am I like in a parental role in life where I give and take care of everybody, or do I show up more in a child role where? I expect people to give and take care of me. And few of us have really healed that split, that split between sort of the shadow and the ego, the dominant and the submissive. Yeah, and I, would, li- I it, would like to say we, few of us have even identified those parts of ourselves from a polypsychological point of view. We all have those parts, but so often they're not in relationship with each other, right? So when that energy yeah. rises, which your book explains... When the energy rises, we don't even know that's what's happening, right? Yeah, I think a lot of us don't realize. You know, I loved, I loved, I remember when I read, oh gosh, let me get his book, The Untethered Soul, Michael A. Singer. Yes. And I loved, there was this line in the, a little short paragraph in the book that he said something along the lines of, um, you are not, he, I don't think he used the word archetypes, I'm going to throw them in there, but this is how it spoke to me. You are not your archetypes, you are the silent witness that watches all of them. Mm-hmm. And when you can transcend that part of you that is not okay, that part of you that needs to be, um, you know, when you can transcend that and you can realize you're not that, you can begin to heal all of those archetypes. And those, that wasn't the way he worded it, but that's how it spoke to me and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm not my mother energy that's inside of me i'm not my daughter energy they're these roles that i was taught to play and if i can heal those roles heal them not snub them not shame them not bury them pull them into the forefront and really get to know my mother energy really get to know the part of me that is so selfless and heal her and love her and and let her and get to know the part of me that's so scared and so selfish and and rather than shame her or snub her, the part of me that is could be an addict, that can be difficult, that can be a narcissist, rather than being ashamed of these parts, it's almost like I had this big family dinner, and I invited all these aspects of myself to the table, and I said, guys, we got to get along, and we all have to like each other and support each other and recognize each other's role. Right. And I don't know how I did that on my own, but I did it on my own. Well, and, you know, Carl you know, Jung said that this is innate in us, so yes. I, I think that what I'm hearing you say is you, you were following that interior map or landscape and a lot of us, I think when we hear you say that, a lot of us may have come across some of these feelings and recognition and when you start to put the pieces together you've got this map and then you realize, oh my god somebody else actually has names for this, right? How astonishing. Yes. But it is a natural, I believe it's the natural way that our psyches are arranged. What do you think? Yes, I agree. That's why it's so universal, and that's why we get it. And that's why Oprah.com has featured it three times in three months. I mean, that's what's happening right now. It's so universal. It's so new, but it's so old. It's sort of like this old wine repackaged in a way that people are like, ah, this is so accessible. So let me jump in and say this. All right, so folks who are listening, they're like, okay, I've got parts. I don't know what my parts are. (laughs) Yeah, we all have the same parts. We all have every aspect of humanity. Uh, we all have Donald Trump in us, and we all have Hillary Clinton in us, and we all have Maya Angelou in us, and we all have Oprah Winfrey in us. We have all these different archetypes. We have the seductress, and we have the Puritan. We have the wallflower, and we have the warrior. We have all these archetypes within us, but we don't know that. We We sort of pull a few to the forefront and we say, well, that would be the safest way to show up. I think if I show up like that, that's probably going to help me get through life. And so for a period of time, 
a dominant archetype serves you because it's sort of like you were taught when you were young. I was taught. We were all taught certain things are acceptable and certain things are unacceptable. And so it's a lot based on your family, your experiences. What you were taught is good and smart and what would be a silly way to show up. So some of us were taught that shining really bright, you're going to get abused. You're going to stand out too much. It's not going to serve you. So you probably would make the choice to be more of a parent archetype, be the wind beneath other people's wings. Eventually someone will see how good you are. They'll take care of you and they'll love you. And then you hit 40 and you hit 50 and then you realize no one's coming to save me. Oh, my God, I spent my whole life saving everybody. So that's an awakening. On the other hand, we all have that part of us that's sort of like, uh, you know, when you know, my husband yells at me or I yell at him, I'll storm out of the room and slam the door and I fall back into my wounded little child and that part of me that's like, is anyone ever going to come and take care of me? We all have that. And the recognizing of it is actually the awareness that allows you to then heal it and gets you to dialogue with these parts of yourself. And that allows you to realize there's gifts in all of these parts of us. And even though someone shamed you for being narcissistic, I'll tell you something. I never... Someone would have called me narcissistic years ago. I would have maybe become so defensive, hurt, cried, uh, proved that I was saintly. I would give more people free courses, coaching. I would do... But then I realized, wait, if I don't embrace my narcissism how would i ever get on a stage yeah. how would i ever write a book how would i ever know i matter yeah hold that thought everybody how do you know you matter how do you navigate understanding that the exterior life has expectations and our interior archetypes show up to try to help us we need to bring consciousness here that is what we're doing on marian live Crystal Morris said it's here to help us. The emotional edge is what we're going to find out when we get back. What is yours right after these messages? Don't touch that dial. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Okay, everybody. We know you are chomping at the bit. What is my emotional age? That's what you want to know right now. Uh, joining us today, Crystal Morissette. She's written a book to help us understand uh, our emotional edge, uh, what that is, and how uh, discovering our emotional age can help us better navigate through life's complexities. And I'll tell you, this is a time like no other on the planet. There is a lot of moving parts going on. People's lives are full. We don't have a lot of time to discover maybe a lot of the things that might be helpful if we did. So, Crystal, you've helped make it easy and simple and accessible for us. 
So you've sort of, um, you know, given us a landscape for understanding that there's a lot of archetypes. We all have them. But how do we find out the ones that are predominant in our lives? And how do we know which ones are defenses and which ones are really our allies, which you were sort of starting to talk about? Well, I, here's the thing. I think that every one of them is an ally. Um, I think that that's, that's what the edge is. It's this sort of constant expansion. And that's where I came up with that term was sort of, you know, if you look at the universe, it's this ever-expanding universe and we're this microcosm of the universe. So we're not meant to contract. We're not meant to fall into our smallness. We are meant to expand, just like the planets are constantly moving apart. And um, and sort of, you know, that's that aliveness is where we meet that contraction, right on that edge. That's where potential meets the past. I love sort of the, the there's a quote from Thomas Hubble, and it says, healing means that we dictate our life to where the light meets the shadow, where aliveness meets contraction, where the potential meets the past. Working on that edge is a constant revelation and expansion. And so that, that, that's the, the idea is that we're always expanding. And yet we have these parts of ourselves, and you can almost feel it in your body where you're contracted, where there's an injury, where there's illness. So I often use the body rather than the head, rather than thinking, just to feel. So I'll take someone just gently, you know, you did a beautiful meditation. If I could have heard it properly, I would have been breathing deeply with you at the beginning of this call. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's really what you do. You just take some deep breaths and you travel down into your body. And what I would always say is go to those places that are the most contracted because your body is meant to be in alignment and expansive. And so an injury, an illness a sore back, an aching head, a migraine, a sore neck, I would say travel into the edge. That's that's an edge in there, and it's a place inside of you that's contracting. And one of the simplest ways before you get too caught up in what one am I is, you know, ask yourself, first of all, what is the feeling inside that painful area or that contraction? You could give it an emotion because emotions are, that's the emotional edge. You have to learn how to shift yourself emotionally to a higher level of consciousness. That's where we, just like you said, we need to bring consciousness to this. So in that painful area that most of us are taught, take a painkiller, avoid it, be mad at it, angry at it, those are your greatest lessons. So whether you call that your ally or you call it a defensive protective mechanism, it's there to teach us. So I would ask that part of me, you know, what am I feeling? And if my body were to say, I would say, if I could give this an emotion, what would it be called? And I, and if it didn't make me a bad woman, a bad mother, a bad wife, a bad daughter, what would it be called? And I always just travel into the emotion. So the emotion might say rage or anger or sorrow or fear. And that first helps me to identify Then that's clearly I'm not in, in my highest emotional empowered energy because my highest and your highest, all of our highest greatest edge is when we can show up in a place that is loving and is live and let live and your body sort of has an ease and alignment and that's not to punish you, that's just to be aware of, okay, so joy and peace and laughter and fun and lightheartedness, that's when I know I'm, I'm, on my, I'm on the edge and I'm expanding my consciousness. So I would fall into that place and then I'd know, okay, so it's either my, my parent or my child. And you can literally ask your body, who's in here right now? Is this a, you know, is this a, a wounded little girl, or is this an overworked, uh, uh, angry old mother in there right now that's pissed off? And if you just stick with those two, that's the easiest way. You don't have to even get into all the sub archetypes. That becomes fun. 
and if you get the book, you know, you can take the quiz. And, you know, like I said, Oprah.com has featured that emotional age quiz three times now. And you just sort of can ask yourself questions like, how do I show up? Um, you know, if my daughter came home pregnant, how would I react? Like, it's all in conflict and crisis. You know, if your boyfriend or husband told you you were looking fat, what would you do? Um, if, you're, if you, you know, your friend came to you and asked you to borrow money again for the tenth time and she's never paid it back, what would you do? And this starts to give you an idea of, oh, there's one way that I think is, um, is smarter for me to show up. And the reality is you have both anyway. So rather than even getting that caught up in what's my shadow and what's my ego, because that's really what they are, what's my dominant, what's my ego, your ego is that version of you. And an ego is not always the big, loud guy that has to be right. Your ego could be a wallflower. Your ego is just the version of you, the archetype you've chosen to get through life. And it can change. You could be, you know, in total mother energy with your children and be in total daughter energy at work and be in total woman energy when you go out with your girlfriends. But it's integrating and meshing them so that you full up, show up as a fully empowered adult everywhere you go. Whether you're with your husband, your children, you're at work, you're making love, you're going for a long walk, someone says something rude to you. It's a way that you have healed all those triggers, all those stories, where that aliveness can meet the contraction and you're not afraid of it. So I, I really dialogue with the body and the body will tell you, um, this is what I feel, this is what's under the surface. And rather than saying, okay, we, we need to, I hate you. When people say we need to eliminate the ego, I go, that's the craziest thing you ever need to do. What you need to do is get to be friends with it. Why did you choose it? What is it here to teach you? What is it so afraid of? Your shadow is usually always the opposite, sort of like I would show up as a chubby bubby a lot in my life. That's a parent archetype, and it's my mother energy because it's better for me to be chubby and make you feel better about yourself than you be jealous of me. I'd rather you feel, I'd rather my husband not think I'm going to cheat on him. My children, my grown daughters will never be jealous of me. That's a chubby bubby archetype. That's safety and security, except you reach a point where, wait, what about me? Like, this isn't good for me. But what my chubby bubby was always afraid of was my charmer which is my daughter energy. She's so afraid because my charmer can be so damn charming. She can be promiscuous. She might cheat. She's wild. She's fun. She's sexy. She can just spin heads. She can wrap any man around her baby finger. She scares my chubby bubby. So rather than letting them be enemies, they had to become friends. And I literally, it sounds so crazy, but... It's sort of like Iyama Venzat's beautiful title, you know, to find peace from all our broken pieces. That's what it is. We've got to gather up my ch- I had to get to know my charmer. What are you so afraid of? Why am I afraid of you? What are you- what- if you're not healed, how do you act? Yes, you're crazy. But, man, if we could heal you, what could you become? If I could heal my crazy, wild, charming seductress and she could step fully into her power as a woman, what would she be like? And if I could heal my chubby bubby that's so afraid of being sexy or so afraid of being threatening or so afraid of rocking the boat, if I healed her, what could she become? What if those two became best friends? So Who would I Isn't become? that the archetype of the woman then? The sort of the integrated, it. the person who has access to yes. all of those parts and is in relationship from that witness point of view. Is that what you're calling the woman archetype? Yes. Yeah. Bam. Bam. That's it. It's Boom. transcending. It's not just, 
it's not a linear heel between this side and this side. Mm. It is a linear transcendence, almost like imagine a triangle. It's almost like that triangle is the top. That's your highest self. And in the middle of these archetypes is what I, it's, I actually created an empowerment spectrum where the empowerment spectrum is a triangle. On one bottom side is your parent. One bottom side is the child. The top is your adult. Running up through the middle of it is the way we communicate. And it's really based off emotions. Down at the bottom, man, if you, you could swing back and forth between shame and be a wallflower and a scared little girl. Then you start to move up the empowerment spectrum. You start to shift higher. You're transcending. You're starting to move in and you're starting to let your, your more aggressive archetypes get to know each other, your warrior and your ruler. You're starting to let that part of you that will fiercely fight anybody if they try to hurt you with that part of you that would fight for anybody if someone were to hurt them. This becomes this transcendence that all of a sudden you're accessing all these parts of you and you know, I'm not that, but should I need that? It's sort of like, you know, your Archangel Michael, you've got a sword on your hip. You don't need it. But you have it, and you're not ashamed of it anymore. So for me, I was very ashamed of parts of me. And I realized that I buried all these sort of parts of me, and then I showed up as mother energy. I showed up like a saintly mother earth to the world. I wanted everyone to think I was an angel. It, I laughed my head off last week when someone said to me, boy, you have mastered badass. I laughed my head I said, I'm a badass? That just made me laugh so hard that she thought I was a badass because I thought I was an angel. And what's so fabulous about that is, of course, I'm a badass angel. And that's, you know, that's, that's what this becomes, sort of. You can own all of it, and you can be all of you, and that's freedom. Right. And so we're going to go to break in just a minute, but when we get back, we're going to talk about the communication styles we have. Once we sort of access and understand, begin to understand, and then or parts, you know, we need to be in relationship with the world in a particular way for, for that um, to stay in balance. Uh, and you've done a really great job at, at uh, describing particular communication styles that we're going to discuss when we get back right after the break. Sit tight, everybody. We'll be back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlife.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships 
Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. www.mariannelive.com What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Healthy Life.net, the positive radio network. All right, we've got a mover and a shaker with us. Yep, Crystal Morris said it's here. Do we even say that term anymore, mover and shaker? Yes, I say it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it because she's got a lot of moving parts and she's helping us. Find out what ours are, what ours are. You know, what what really moves us? From where do these moods and and proclivities come from? Archetypal influences. Oh, yeah, you want to make sure and go online, theemotionaledge.com. She's got the emotional age quiz online there. There's free coaching available. And we're going to talk about the SWAT Institute in just a moment, um, the work that... uh, Crystal, you're doing with women all over the world. But before we do, let's talk briefly about the, the, the communication styles uh, in your book, from passive, passive, aggressive, and aggressive to assertive. Because this is really important. Once we discover what we need to know about ourselves, we need to be in communication with other people. Yeah, that's it. And you know, I, you know, I, it's funny. I, I think again, we go just in lieu of what's going on just in America uh, over this last little while. You know, things are so polar. Like, how can people have such polar opinions? And you know, there is an example right there of um, of communication. And it doesn't really matter if you're speaking a language that you think is right and true and important if no one can hear you, if no one sees you, if you're not being respected. So you sort of have to look at your life objectively as a witness and say, do I feel heard? Do I feel respected? Do the people in my life treat me well? All of those things are a reflection of how you're communicating. And the communication first starts with yourself. How do you talk to yourself about yourself? That That's what sets everything. So the communication scale is a way that we communicate with ourselves first and foremost and then how we then take that communication out into the world. And so for a lot of us that are, you know, still really showing up either as a wounded little girl or an overworked, angry mother, uh, we have, we learned sort of this passive way. You know, someone said to me, just, I just signed a woman up last week, she's a doctor, to our coaching certification at the SWAT Institute. And she said, you know, I'm a pacifist. And as we talked more, I said, you know, there's a big difference between a pacifist and someone who's peaceful. You know, please don't, don't mistake in those two. They're about as far apart as black and white. Because passive, passive is not an empowered way of showing up. Passive is almost like learned helplessness. It's like things have happened to you so many times in your life that you've just sort of resigned yourself to this is the way it is, suck it up, buttercup, get through. And there's a very passive, wounded, quiet uh, way of communicating that you might tell people you're peaceful, but you're not at peace at all. 
And then a lot of times when we start to move up higher and we start to feel like, wait, I need to be heard, we start to become passive-aggressive. So then we, we know this isn't right. We don't know how to get our needs met. We don't say what we mean. I mean what we say. We hope people can read our minds. We slam doors or we, we mumble under our breath. or We've all done that. And then it builds up even higher. And then what happens for most of us if we've never learned the art of empowered communication, we just finally get up to that point that we are so angry. We're not being treated right. We're not being heard. And we're like sort of a beautiful bottle of champagne that's just been agitated too many times. We blow our stack. Um, and for a lot of us, we never get any higher. We then feel embarrassed. We feel guilty. We feel stupid. We put the cork back in. We fall back down into passive and then uh, passive aggressive rather than down to passive. And I'm saying if you want to be empowered, you're going to have to push through that. And you have to find and learn this uh, this way of communicating. And it is a, a teachable, learnable thing. Just because you weren't taught it, maybe your parents didn't communicate well. Mine didn't. Um, so I didn't learn the art of negotiating and communicating and getting whatever you want. Isn't that what it's all about? Like, don't you want to get your needs met? Yeah. And yeah. when you reach the higher levels of the communication, you actually realize that the best way to get your needs met is to help someone get their needs met. And then you start communicating in a way that's more assertive. That almost becomes your bottom of the barrel. Like, when, you're, when you've really done the work and you're sort of up in your adult archetype and you're, you're living with a lot of peace, a lot of joy, a lot of laughter, a lot of fun, life is good, and then somebody does something, there's an injustice, somebody acts a certain way, does something, you can sort of ask yourself, is this my trigger? Like, is this triggering a wounded part of me that needs healing? Or is this inappropriate? Did that person just say that? That's unhealthy. So now I don't need to fall down into an aggressive way of showing up. I need to find a win way of win of communicating to make sure that boundaries are set. I'm clear on my intentions. I'm going to overlook stuff. I don't need to get caught up in the details. I'm going to manage my own, own emotions. I'm going to ask myself and you the right questions that will lift us higher. And that allows you then to move up where you become more neutral. You become a little detached. You can be fighting a cause but not be fighting inside. Yeah. That's a really important thing to learn. Yeah. You know, with everything, like even what's going on, and i got to keep saying the election because I'm a woman's advocate, and so I've been called into many conversations lately about, you know, what do I think about this? And I, I think for me it's like I understand this game, and I, I can communicate and talk about this game, but when I leave that, I still can be at peace in my body and in my, I don't take it and then not sleep at night over it. And we have to learn how to do that, how to, to, to support a cause, to have a voice, to speak your truth, but not to lose yourself in the anger of the cause. That's where things get done when you can rise higher because now you're not, you know, that great saying from A Course in Miracles, what you defend against you create. Now you're not defending a cause. You're not creating more chaos. You're rising above it and speaking and communicating in a way that's accepting, that's loving, that builds bridges, that actually brings people together. You actually influence. You're a leader. You have power. And you're respected. And you have a sense of dignity. And that's what I want to teach, especially to women. So whether you need to communicate with your children, your mom, your dad, your husband, this is what you have to first master. When you can master your really intimate relationships in a way where you realize we're all on the same team. Yeah. You know, there's a Jewish phrase, phrase called tikkun alam. And I'm not Jewish, but tikkun alam is the repairing of the world. It's the repairing of our ourselves. It's 
relationships. And to me, that's the great gift that I'm here to offer to the world, a higher level of communicating where we can actually make change and get things done. Beautiful. Very inspiring words. A lot of us feel so called to this work. Get a copy, The Emotional Edge. It's available wherever fine books are sold. We're going to go to break, and we'll be back in just a minute with our wrap with Crystal Morissette right here on Marianne Live. Back in just a minute. Everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Just in time, the emotional edge, we can live it. We can do it together. And now we have even better guidance. Crystal Morissette's book, The Emotional Edge, is here for us. It's available wherever fine books are sold. Crystal, leave us with telling us about the SWAT Institute, what it is, and how we connect with that. Thank you. It's my baby. You know, I, my first book I self-published was called Simply Woman, um, and then that book got picked up by Hay House, and 40,000 readers across Canada were polled to see which book most influenced their life. It came in at number 14, and that's when I knew I am building the SWAT Institute, Simply Woman, accredited trainer, and it's a personal, uh, and really a master, we have a master program as well, empowerment coach certification, and we're all over the world now, and I would love to invite anyone that's listening to have a discovery session with me to see if we might be the right fit for you or the right fit for us. It's www.splotinstitute.com. We're the new special weapons and tactical team. We're going to heal the world. Beautiful. Well, indeed you are, and we can feel it. The, the rippling effect will, will be moving out as we speak into the world even further. We're so glad you had time to join us, and we wish you every blessing in your, on your book journey, Crystal, and hope you come back and join us again. Thank you. I would love to. All right, everybody, sit tight because... Here's the thing. The next part of our practice is, get ready for it, go do something for somebody else and don't let them know you did it. That's the third part of our practice every time we meet on Marion Live. And on that note, yeah, don't worry, next week's coming up. Donald Altman's going to be with us, Clearing Emotional Clutter. Oh, right on time for that. Who can't use a little bit of that as we uh, enter into the holiday season? Okay, wish you every blessing. Uh, love you guys. You know where to find us, MarianneLive.com. And for more information, info at MarianneLive.com. See you next time.